Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to the Fighting on Film Podcast, the podcast all about classic and obscure war movies. From the Normandy landings to the days of chivalry and swords, if it's been captured on film, we're going to try and cover it. I'm Robbie of RM Military History. I'm Matthew Moss of Historical Firearms and the Armourer's Bench. Hello and welcome back to Fighting on Film. This week we are going to take a overview look at the BBC's brand new SAS Rogue Heroes series, which if you listen to our episode a, a few weeks ago, you'll have heard Rob give his thoughts and myself give some of my thoughts on uh, the very first episode. But now we're back to take a look at the whole series. Um, it's been out on BBC's iPlayer for a few weeks now. I think it's up on Amazon and a few other places uh, if you're outside of the UK. So it's definitely out there already. So we can finally do our spoiler review and take a, a top-down look at the, the whole series. Yeah, and before we continue, obviously, spoiler alert, um, if you haven't, if you're watching it on transmission, I think we're at episode three or four, so spoiler alert if you haven't uh, caught up so far. Spoilers, the SAS were formed and did things in North Africa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So production, this uh, was commissioned by the BBC, produced by Kudos, now they're well known for doing big, big budget BBC and ITV dramas like spooks code 404 broad church uh hustle i think they did life on mars and ashes to ashes so if you've watched a major like british tv drama in the last what 20 odd years they probably mm -hmm. had a hand in it um and supposedly at the time of creating and making this it was the biggest biggest budgeted uk series of all time apparently which wow you know i can't find an exact that's, figure that's a big claim very big claim um, and it was filmed in Morocco, uh, took place from March to June 2021, with uh, UK filming uh, taking place in Norfolk, um, uh, Suffolk and Gloucestershire in late June 2021. And then the series uh, then spent uh, a year post-production, came out a few weeks ago in 2022, 
uh, but the border in Morocco was closed during filming and that made the cast and crew a really tight-knit bunch. Some actors were only meant to be on set for a couple of days, but they had to stay there weeks because of the border closing. So when I was at the, the BFI screening, we learned all about that. And I think it really helped the production. You know, It seemed like everyone was on the same page. Everyone had to really pitch in and they became a real close-knit bunch of rogue heroes. I think it really helped the production. Uh, it was directed by Tom Shankland. Uh, he directed the horror movies Wes, uh, Waz and The Trilgen in 2007 and 8. Then he's worked on various TV projects such as Iron Fist, Punisher for the Netflix Marvel series. And his BBC work includes the 2018 Les Mis series um, and The Serpent. They were quite big when they came out, I remember. Uh, All right. uh, yeah, but this is his first foray into the war genre. Um, and when I was chatting to him, um, he said uh, he watched some desert war films for inspiration, but he definitely wanted to use his own style for this. Um, I remember him saying um, he watched all those sort of 60s, 70s war movies and he was saying, fuck, they're so cool. And he wanted to have a little <laughs> bit of that in there if he could. Um, and uh, the series was written by Stephen Knight, who, if you don't know who Stephen Knight is, he's instrumental in creating Peaky Blinders, which became the absolute smash hit that it that it was um, when it was on. Um, and then I think in its own way, that's why this series exists. I don't think if you don't get Peaky Blinders, I don't think you get rogue heroes um because it showed that a big historical drama can work um personally and he adapted uh, ben mcintyre's book sas rogue heroes as the basis for the series but he also drew on testimony from the few remaining sas veterans i know mike sadler he talked to him um and he said at the preview screening as well he didn't want to pull too much from other fiction as he thought the accounts and testimonies were enough um, but I think he said as well that he would chop and change certain anecdotes to make them fit in for dramatic effect. So there's a scene where uh, Alfie Allen, as Jock Lewis, throws the grenade onto the um, the snooker table to make those lads go away um, so they can look at the map. But apparently, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the in the uh, production Q&A, he was saying that was a real anecdote that he was told by one of the SAS veterans. And it was a real grenade. But he said that there's certain things that you hate, you hear, but he said you couldn't put them on TV because people wouldn't believe you because they're so mm -hmm. larger than life. So he yeah. changed it that it was a dummy grenade. Um, but apparently, according to him, the guy that he was chatting to said, no, that was a real grenade that was thrown and all the lads stuck for cover. And then Jock and David continued their, their chat. Um, it's just a great little thing there. Um, Arms and Equipment was provided by Bear Arms, and they're a company that was founded in 2015. They do military advising work. They do vehicles. They, they're a real sort of one-stop shop for um, historical and military advising on films. And Tom Shanklin said about them, it's on their website, he said, shooting SAS rogue heroes without them would be unthinkable. The guys brought an incredible level of skill, knowledge, and professionalism to the product. They made an incredible contribution to rogue heroes. I think it's true, and I think it looks good on screen. Don't know what you think, Matt. It does. We've got plenty to talk about later on. Oh, massively. We'll come back to them in the alley tally for sure. Um, the cinematography was by Stephen uh, Person. Uh, he worked on the Les Mis series with Shankland, uh, The War of the Worlds, BBC series, Inside Number ah. 9 and Black Mirror. Lots of British TV work. Really, really good. I like the vision of this. I like the editing. Mm. I like the the style of, of, of it all. I think it really sort of suits it. Um, and yeah, that, that is mainly... My production notes, and if you had any any more map before we get to cast. Yeah, uh, I'd add to that that the military advisor was Bag Simmons. Um, 
ex-Royal Tank Regiment, uh, has worked on The Crown, Baghdad Central, and on the next Mission Impass- Impossible movie. Oh, wow, cool. Mission Impossible, that sounds like a, an interesting prospect. Yeah, Catherine <laughs> Passville, maybe. Mission <laughs> Impossible. <laughs> so, cast. Yeah, so the cast is led by Connor Swindles, who plays uh, David Sterling. Um, and uh, he's probably best known for his appearance in Sex Education, the Netflix show. Yeah. And uh, Emma, the the, uh, the period drama adaptation. And I think he's going to be in the new Barbie movie as well, which is... Um, oh, really? Yeah. Amazing. Um, okay. <laughs> well, uh, I'll admit, you know, also, when, I met, when I met him, I told him I hadn't seen him in anything because I hadn't seen Sex Education. And, but I was like, no, you're fabulous. So, you know, actually, I think he's really good at it. What can, what can you say? Uh, he also played uh, a lieutenant in the uh, the Vigil series um, with Saran Jones, which was like, okay. a, someone gets murdered on a Trident nuclear submarine. Yeah. Um and uh, he's a, a lieutenant on on board. Um murder on the sub nuclear express. <laughs> yeah, it, it was weird. It was a weird show. Um yeah. Next up we got Jack O'Connell. Um and Jack O'Connell's uh plays uh, Blair Paddy Main and yep. we'll talk more about him later on but I think he's brilliant in that. Same, um, he's very well cast. He's in the in the war movie genre. He's probably best known for uh, Unbroken and 71 the northern ireland um mm-hmm. operation banner film um and next up he's he's going to be uh, appearing in the enzo ferrari biography movie um which should be interesting yeah it's come a long way since skins isn't he yeah i suppose for a certain set of the, uh, listeners skins might be what you know jack from yeah, best yeah yeah definitely um sophie butella um plays uh, eve the french spy who becomes the love interest of sterling um more to talk about with her character later yeah. on but she's she's great for what she is doing in this um yeah completely fictional but she serves yes. a purpose yeah. and, and underused as well mm, um massively then we've got corin silver as jim almonds um uh, we've got theo bark and briggs playing reg seekings um and uh i think he really inhabits that role quite nicely. Oh, yeah. I think he's he's got a big presence in in the show, and it and it, it comes across with it really well. He does. And the other uh, of the three main leads initially within the series is Alfie Allen playing uh, Jock Lewis. Um, and you know, obviously, um, uh, Alfie was in uh, John Wick, uh, Game of Thrones, um, and a number yep. of other things. Um, who else have we got? Tom Glynn uh, Carney, uh, who plays um, Mike Sadler. Uh, who is the only surviving member of the mm. SAS, I believe. He's really good um, as Mike Sadler, isn't he? Yeah. There's a great, um, listeners, if you haven't seen it, there's a really good Mike Sadler interview with the actor who's playing him, which was really nice to see. I think you could find it that It was, one. yeah. There was a one show, I think, did it? Yeah, go and see that. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah on, it's on the it. BBC's YouTube channel. Um, oh, right, you, great. You can find that fairly easy. Um, he was Peter in Dunkirk. He was uh, in the Tolkien movie. Um in 2019 and he was also in um the king uh he played hotspur in the king uh in 2019 yeah so he's got quite a quite an interesting background um then we had of course dominic west who is about to hit prominence once again with the the role of uh, prince charles in the latest season of the crown um and he plays um uh dudley uh, clark who is uh the the intelligence officer and and uh spy master uh acting in cairo 
Um, and he has a really interesting character, but it's kind of just gets buried. It's just um, truncated, we'll isn't it? As well. Yeah. 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 Um, he's probably known for um, God, so many um, appearances in UK TV uh, mm. series. He was also yeah. in The Wire, I believe. Yeah, um, The Wire. Yeah. 300. He was in one of the Tomb Raider movies. Um, he's great in Brassic, which is a Sky series over here in the UK. Yeah, Matt loves Brassic. If you ever, I do, if you ever so have good. a drink with Matt, he'll be like, what's Brassic? <laughs> Needs to watch Brassic. I think he's got like a little wire to Sky the production house, and they're like, "Mention Brassic again, <laughs> Sky, if Sky wants to sponsor the pod, that's fine. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, you, you know, uh, he's been in quite a few different things um, over the years. He was in Twenty Eight Days. Uh, I think he was uh, an extra in a couple of the Star Wars movies as well, because you know, he's English been in a ton. Has to yeah, be. Um, he's fab though. He's he's really great in this as well. He is, he is. and then we've got um, we've got uh, Jason Watkins who makes an appearance as Churchill. Uh, yeah. We'll round out the cast with with a mention of him because he's the least likely person <laughs> didn't, think, to cast uh, as Churchill, I, isn't he? When I saw it, I was like Jason Watkins, like that character actor. I was like, I can see it, but then I couldn't see it. And then when I saw <laughs> it, I was like, yeah, like you're sort of there, like you've got the mannerisms <laughs> and everything else. Like, okay, I rolled with it. I rolled with it. You know. Well, yeah, I mean, worse. it's a it's a fairly big ensemble cast that's spread over six episodes, so mm. um, it's definitely, you know, hop over to IMDb and just enjoy the plethora <laughs> yeah, so of, of cast that this so this like, series has. It's actually quite impressive. Um, but yeah, should we move on to um, the alley tally? Well, no. Before we move on to the alley tally, we've got a fourth hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course we do. Yeah, because it's so- too soon for a. For retro a, review. review yeah yeah well we thought we you know we could have gone and found one but you know we, we sometimes like to spice things up how a bit retro is two months is is that is that not retro enough well, the way history is going at the moment it seems things happen so quick it could be couldn't it <laughs> um, but anyway so if you're new to the pod if you haven't listened before we do the retro review where we, we seek out a review from the archives not this week though we have a fourth hypothetical so we on our twitter we ask a question and we just want the answer. So the question this week was, you can recast the series leads of Sterling, Maine and Lewis, but you can only use actors from the 50s and 60s war movie era. And we had some absolute crackers. We had so many replies. So I'm very sorry if we don't get to you. So leading the pack, we have Lost in Translation. He says David Sterling, Michael Craig from Sea of Sand. Yeah. Blair Maine, Andrew Folds from Sea of Sand. Jock Lewis, Richard Burton from the Desert Rats, or John Mills from Ice Cold and Alex. Okay, I see that. There's a pattern will emerge here, I think. It will. It will. David McNay, he said. David Niven as Sterling, Oliver Reed mm-hmm. as Paddy Main, and Robert Shaw as Lewis. Then he put and dot 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 introducing Michael Caine as Mike Sadler. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I love the little Hill and Career reference there. Introducing. Very nice. Uh, then we had uh, Brian Williams said Harry Andrews as the Orc or any other general. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. I thought I thought if he's a little bit younger because thing he was Harry Andrews, he ne- he never looks young, but he might have done a good he might have done a good um, mains if he could have got the yeah. accent right. Yeah. Uh, and then we had Rob Shipman said Dirk Bogard for Sterling, John Mills for Jock Lewis, and Richard Harris for Paddy Main. Bogard's not tall enough. Yeah, yeah, but you just shoot it properly, it doesn't matter. 
uh, Bill 1940 medal campaign uh, and a recurring uh, contributor, he always says, he says, Alec Guinness as Sterling, Richard Harris as Maine, and Michael Caine as Jock Lewis. Okay. I see okay. that, yeah. So early 60s Kane. Yeah. You could you could get that. Yeah. Sean O'Keefe uh, rattled the pack by saying Sterling John Wayne, Maine, John Wayne, Lewis, John Wayne. Do I get a prize for winning? And I said, Well, the prize would be for the editor to make that work. So <laughs> you could have you could have tall, thin 30s John Wayne. <laughs> it would be it's all different. Stocky 40s Wayne as uh, as uh, <laughs> as Paddy Maine. And then um I, I I just don't see how how uh, the Duke could could do Paddy Main's accent. I just I would pay good money to hear him try. I'm not going to attempt to think no, what it sounds like. And do no way. John Wayne doing <laughs> Paddy Main. The eardrums would burst. <laughs> then we had uh, Lewis Hoskin. He says Lewis Stanley Baker. Oh, I can get behind that. Okay. Main Richard Harris, and then Sterling David Niven. Niven, Niven's always a good shout. Yep. Paul Hicks goes for main Richard Harris again. That's a lot of them. Mm -hmm. uh, Sterling Dirt Bogard. It's another one. Richard Burton is Jock Lewis. And then uh, we'll end with this one because we might be here all night because there's so many. Uh, Merrin, Renta Quill. Uh, she said Richard Burton, Sterling, Anthony Quayle as main, Alan okay. Cuthbertson as Luz, and Clint Eastwood, Mike Sadler. Clint Eastwood. Okay. Yeah. I just like doing the idea of putting quail in. Accent. Yeah. yeah, maybe. Maybe dub him. Dub him, yes. Dub him, yeah. That'd be funny. <laughs> dub, dub him with Richard Burton's voice. <laughs> yeah, or dub him with uh, Kane. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I like quail as, um, as main. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he was SOE. So it, it's Always great. like a bit of quail, definitely. I do. Quality, I said quality quail casting. I was quite pleased mm -hmm. with that one. Amazon has been great uh, discussion there. So we we always love the the Fafa hypothetical. They always get the the juices flowing, the creative juices flowing. And if you're not already, so, uh, follow us on Twitter. If it's going to be around for much longer, but follow yeah, us. Also, <laughs> also, do follow us on Facebook and Instagram, just in case Twitter doesn't doesn't last out the year. <laughs> we're um, spread betting at this point, aren't we? We're like <laughs> follow the show everywhere. Hit, we're also hit. on we're also on TikTok. Um, yeah, and we have a website. It's fightingonfilm.com. Um, yeah. <laughs> We haven't got a Mastodon account yet. Hopefully um, Elon loves got, all films. And as we always say, we haven't got um, an OnlyFans. And if you find us on there, it's an imposter. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, Only Films, was it? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Elon, maybe he'll find us and, and he'll love us so much that it'll keep the app going. Um, but no, uh, hopefully we'll, we'll be sticking around for a while yet. So maybe it's time for the Alley Tally. It's time for Ali Tally on Fighting on Film. We've got a plethora of interesting kits to talk about There's here. A lot, isn't there? You already mentioned um, the, the sterling work of the armoring uh, company. Mm. Um, and there's, I, I can't imagine the, the difficulty of getting bl blank firing weapons into Morocco during COVID. Um, yeah. With a border closure. Yeah. <laughs> and all this other stuff being, that happened. The majority of them being period correct and looking good, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Um, it's impressive. So we've got M1928A1 Thompsons with yep. the vertical front grip and the horizontal straight forend. Um, we've got captured MP40s. 
Paddy has got a, a Beretta M1934 pistol at one point where he, he improvises a shower. By yeah, that's cool. A that's a very cool moment. Um, yeah. Any other shoot someone during the rugby match or the football match. <laughs> he tries to, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Lewis Guns, Brens. Lewis Guns, Brens. Mark one Brens, thankfully. Um, I think yeah. for the most part, I noticed a number of uh, uh, real rear drum sights. Mm. Uh, I know there's a nice. thing where people are like, oh, the LRGD didn't have them. But then I always think, well, you know, there weren't a lot of pictures of them guys out in theatre, so you know, one could have slipped through. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I'm not saying it's completely they're possible. Wrong. They're, plausible. They're, yeah. they're contextually okay. You get uh, the people that are like, historical. Mm, they didn't have Brins at all. And I'm like, well. What else? Um, lose Bombs. Yeah. Uh, created by uh, <laughs> Jock Lose. Which <laughs> we get a nice little montage of them explaining, you know, they show him making them on a, on a bench and then yeah. he tries one, it fails, he tries another and it explodes. Um, but I would love to have seen more of that, of the development of that, uh, and it being a, like a, a short running sequence within within that episode. Would have been quite it's... like you could have had it as a funny comic relief thing of it not blowing up, then it does, and then when it does, they all cheer because that's what it was going for, really. That's what they got, but they, they could have had that built a little bit um, would have been stronger, nice. perhaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, really cool. Thermite, uh, Nobel 808 plastique, and uh, a bit of diesel. If yeah. anyone wants to know how to. The basic ingredient. I'm not telling you how to make a lose bomb. I'm just telling you the basic ingredients. <laughs> Disclaimer, <They're> Matt. <laughs> do not create explosives <laughs> from this alley tally, please. Fighting off film have no responsibility if you. Fighting off film does not condone do, the making of. Do not condone making um, explosives in the shed at 3 a.m. Blow your house up. Don't do it. Um, thankfully, not everyone will have access to Nobel 808. Um, <laughs> Probably not, no. <laughs> Thank uh, God. One thing. One thing I was really pleased to see um, in the first episode during uh, Jock's raid um, on Italian positions outside of Tobruk, there's a Breda Modelo 37, the, um, yeah. the medium machine gun, which is really lovely to see. That was a great detail. Uses it's nice. Um, what else was there? I mean, later in the in the series, we we get the arrival, the arrival of the Vickers K's. Yes, which we thought we were all waiting for, um, and because <laughs> we the because everyone panicked, it. didn't they? Because they weren't in any of the promo images. <gasps> um, <'cause, Yeah. laughs> like where are the Vickers K's, like they and they turned up in episode five, I think. Or was no, it six? six. It was six. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, get which... uh, Sterling has a line where it's like, "And wait till you see what the double Vickers can do." Yeah, I quite quite um, like that. He talks about um, heavy machine guns as well, which are. Um, I think they're aircraft uh, 50 calibers. Yep. Um, and he, he has a whole spiel, doesn't he, where he talks about uh, armored winds, greens taken from, from, taken from um, uh, fighters, fighter planes. Yeah. Um, everyone's getting a new a new engine in their jeeps. We're all getting new jeeps. We're getting new trucks. Um, it's when it's when he gets that letter from. Uh, well, Churchy. He gets the he gets the the signature yeah. from Orkalek and, and Churchill, doesn't he? Um, and yeah. he, he types up a letter saying, "Give the bearer whatever he needs." Yes. Um, uh, blank check, basically. And then they recreate um, the, the, fo- the famous photo, don't they? They Just, do. I yeah. like that. As they're outside of the fort. Um, yeah. One thing we didn't mention in production actually is that it was all filmed on location. It was in some actually gorgeous locations in Morocco. In Morocco, yeah. Um, and I think because that seven week thing, I think really helped. Or however, mm. like, I think it was a few weeks. I think it was seven weeks. I can't remember. Um, from the from the meet uh, the Q and A, but 
I think that really helped it because you could have gone, you could have got some establishing shots or whatever and some shots of lads riding around and reused them. But maybe because they were kept there, yeah. um, it really helped. And I think it, it's gorgeously shot, you know, really well. I love that fort location they, they have oh, with, the, with, the, with the tower for the flagpole and the tent. Yes, yeah, really that. cool. It felt um, lived in, didn't it? That, that, it that's did, what it I got did. from it. The, the, the actual camp itself felt mm. quite authentic. So, someone's looked at photos they... and then they've, they've tried to recreate them. Um, yeah. It's set dressing. I liked I how it. they mentioned the stealing of the uh, the piano from the New Zealanders. That was cool. I like that. Yeah, it was um, nice. There's lots of little tidbits in this that you can pick out if you have just you know, like a, like a cursory... Um, understanding of the of the yeah. SS of the period you can pick out little bits it's 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 kind of cool mm. in that respect like the uniforms um, as well lads got leather jerkins lads wearing KD uniforms um i like the copious amounts of bedford WMD, uh, mwds that we get the austin trucks were lovely um and there's i think there's rio trucks american ones because it's probably just what they had on hand and yeah. there's an opal blitz as well i think there's a couple of half german half tracks there is yeah with MG34s, yes, there are no. The, the, there might be one MG42 that sneaks in yeah, in the, the Crete sequence. Yeah, maybe. Um, and you see it in the distance. There's the two. There's two Germans talking. Mm. Um, but there's the front of camera. There's no MG342s. No. Uh, it's all 34s, which is lovely. That's a great bit of attention yeah. to detail. And I, but the thing is, what well, I read somewhere, I was thinking as a comment, maybe on Facebook, um, or maybe even on Twitter. Someone was saying, well, that they didn't have the right trucks. They've got Rio trucks, so it's, it's not good enough. But for me, I, I was like, well, that's obviously down to the limitations of, of the, the filming during all the COVID and all that. But it reminded yeah. me of in the 50s and 60s when you get the Germans turn up and they're in American half tracks or <laughs> they're in yeah. like, you know, they've got the wrong tank. Like there's an M60 pattern in this that stands in for a Panzer for like one scene in episode six. Yes. And, um, and they've done talk- that thing where they wanted a practical tank thing yeah they didn't want to rather CG than it a in. stand in and cgi in yeah yeah of course so, and for me play. i thought i mean this is just me theorizing but i thought that was a homage to those movies of old like sea of sand like well you could explain it away the rap that, patrol you know, i was, I I was sat there was. doing the, the leo clicking and pointing at the, the tv <laughs> yeah. screen shouting into the wrong bloody tank i know they could have was enjoying in, it for that I, I thought it was fine I, it didn't I, they detract. piled enough shit on that tank to make it look Oh, yeah. Panzer yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so and it, it didn't detract. I can from forgive me. it because I enjoyed the show. I mean, we'll talk. We'll yeah. reiterate this later on. But you sure. can forgive things, and that was one. Of them. Oh, you massively can. And it, it's not like it's hung its hat on the. It, it's not like someone's come out and gone. This is the most authentic thing that you've ever seen. Like no one's no, come well, out. What and does said it start that? every episode with? Um, the little preamble the disclaimer says, based yeah. on a, a true story. The events depicted, which seem most unbelievable, are mostly true. Like, there's yeah. a fun little caveat at the beginning of every episode. It's not a documentary. No, it's not. Of course, no. I like the, uh, in terms of like, you know, set dress set and all that, I really like the recreations of the air bases. They felt really real and yeah. lived in. Yeah, they, I mean, just... they felt good. And a yeah. lot of those night sequences. Um, a lot of day for like night. Little... I know that. Yeah. Felt like they really felt like those 50s films where, you know, like Sea of Sand and stuff, where they're infiltrating the ammo dump. Yes, and you got a lot of that feel, and like that, was, that was really as well. fun. Like that. Yeah, and play day and 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 to Brooke and raid on Rommel and, yeah. and all that. Yes, um, yeah, yeah. You just get that vibe, and that came across really well. And I know it's a representation of similar, you know, um, aspects mm. of the war. Sure, um, but I, I liked it. I, I thought all of those sequences worked really well. 
Mm. And um, the amount of firepower that they show, no, no other sequence in, in a series or film that I've seen that depicts this sort of jeep-based combat. Mm. It, nothing else is in It's in the um, episode six, we haven't seen it, uh, a Benia airstrip where Sterling finally goes in on a raid. Um, and the amount of firepower they put out and how they show it with the tracer going off and things being hit and, and, and holes tearing in tents and men being absolutely cut to pieces by, by Double Vickers case. That is such a, a striking little sequence. It's maybe a minute, if that. Yeah. The amount of firepower that it shows you that the SAS could bring to bear at that time mm. of the war is, is staggering. I really think it's a possibly the greatest sequence in the movie, and probably that's movie in the series, but that's maybe why they kept it for the end. Well, yeah, it's it's the it's the clear pinnacle of SAS operations, isn't it? In the desert, and mm. the We're way they shot the level it they're looks at yeah. incredible. Uh, it looked great. Um, the only way you could have improved that is if you'd spent months on it and thrown twenty million dollars at it. Of course, <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. You know, and it was for a, a huge budget Hollywood picture. Um, Even then, I don't think you'd have maybe got it as good. No, you, you couldn't really. You know, it just looked really good. It was a good mix of practical and CGI as well. Yeah. Um, and, and when Sterling says, is it like fan out like geese? And they all go into yeah. like an arrow yeah. formation. So cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it just a good. really, everything's brought to a nice little close in that little sequence. I mean, moving kind of into the favorite scene territory here but that is one of my favorite scenes of the series mm -hmm. not just for how impressive the cinematography and the choreography and the production on that scene is but also the way that it represents or depicts rather um sterling and some of the other guys realization of the carnage that they've created mm -hmm. and the effect it has on them so yeah, sterling yeah. as soon as he realizes the carnage that he's created he's reveling in it in the moment and then after that, he's just he's 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 like pale as a ghost, feels sick. Um, I think it's um, Jacob McCarthy who plays Johnny Cooper, uh, the youngest soldier within the group. Um, he throughout that he's adding his tally onto his age. So mm. they they ask him, "How old are you now, Johnny?" And he says, "I don't include unarmed men in my tally." Yeah. Um, nice little hard hitting was, line. Yeah, 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 I thought that was good. And I, I thought that gave that that scene a lot more weight. Mm. And I wasn't expecting it either. No, it, no. It kind of took me by surprise, and I appreciated that they they did that. And it wasn't all about reveling in that the success of the raid mm. and the, the killing of, of the, the German air crews nice and the Italian air crews. Nice to that sequence, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then you get the That's... nice the scene with, sorry, following up with Paddy and Sterling, where... Mm. I think Paddy accuses Sterling of being like him um, towards something, towards it. And he goes, well, unarmed or armed, they're still the enemy. And they have this little moment where they kind of agree for the first time for a while. It's it's a nice little sequence. It, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good, it's a, that's remarkably, that's not even the ending of that episode, but it's a nice yeah. third, second act finisher mm. going into the end yeah. of that episode. Yeah. Another Ali thing I liked uh, was the inclusion of the modern music. So you got ACDC punk bands like the, the Damned and the Clash, and in between using Noel Coward and Vera Lynn. The yeah, the use of contemporary and um, punk and some ACDC was really 
quite fun. I like that. I appreciate that. I thought it was fun. There's there's, there's lots of, uh, I'll mention later on when we talk about um, final thoughts. But that is one of the things that I I thought that's that's quite good. And that that comes from Peaky Blinders, doesn't it? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That kind of um, contrasting with period. It's just a postmodern um, thing, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's just a thing that you do. And, it, and it, for contemporary audiences, I think it can help convey something a little bit easier because you're using like oh, okay so they're rebels it's a punk it's a rebellious nature okay like it mm-hmm. it fits i really like that um, i know yeah, some people sure. were annoyed about it but i you know it's it's a drama made in 2022 it's going to use modern editing it's going to use modern uh techniques of, of of film and drama making tv filmmaking so it it it, it works um i also like the way that italian troops were depicted because there's not many depictions of no british uh, fighting the Italians. There's probably not really two films going off the top of my head. Uh, oh, what are they, men. Nine oh, men. Nine uh, men. Nine oh. men again. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. it's so pivotal. There's our weekly nine men <laughs> mentioning. <laughs> I really watched waiting. it again last weekend. Crikey. We're addicts. <laughs> um, and I think maybe they... Did they pop up in Sea of Sand as well? I think so. Um, they might do. Yeah. Mm. But there's not many. No, there are a couple and, of films that do depict yeah. it though, but there's not many. You are, and right. that goes for the, the LRDG as well, because LRDG, because they're only depicted in Sea of Sand. Mm, um, very true. Maybe something else in a blink and you'll miss it cameo. And there's also a blink and you'll miss it cameo of Sea of Sand in the series. Yeah. That's that's another aspect I like of the inclusion of these little bits of contemporary yeah. footage, and then also some some uh, footage nod. from Sea of Sand. Yeah. yeah. Because because Alfie Allen says it, he says no one's gone through the sea of sand, and I was doing the. <laughs> he said it. He said the name of the thing and the thing, <laughs> um, which I was nice. I mean, if even if this gets people to watch more sea of sand again, like that would be great. Yeah, I know Talking Picks put it up in the last two weekends ago. I had mm-hmm. it on, so I mean, it, hopefully, it gets the audience because it's a great little it's a great little film. Um, anything else? We move on to favorite scenes. No, I think that covers it for, for the Alley Tally this week. Hello, Robbie here. Did you know you can support the podcast on Patreon? Join the supporting cast today and gain access to exclusive perks, such as discount codes, our monthly Patreon film votes, and the chance to get exclusive merchandise before anyone else. Search Fighting on Film on Patreon or find the link on our website. Thank you. Now back to the show. Rob. What was your favourite scene? It's hard because it's a series and we don't really yeah, do Yeah, there's TV. a lot here. 
yeah, too we, big. We, we're, sort of, we're sort of truncating a six-episode series into what, an hour's worth of podcast. Um, so I found it hard to pin an, an actual scene, but I like at any time where they're bombing around in the Jeeps, having fun, being SAS in Jeeps, that's nice because it just shows it shows mm-hmm. that yeah they're coming together as a unit they're growing as as yeah. comrades i really like that and then we've already talked about it that the most affecting moment is after the raid on benia that the mm-hmm. silence falls over after they've had their raid and they can reflect a little bit um i like the editing of when i think it's in episode three or is it episode four maybe the start of episode four where they're having the it's 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 not a competition, but it's sort of poised as one, where mm. um, they're seeing if if Paddy can how many trucks or jeeps is Paddy going to blow up, how many is Jock going to blow up, and you get yeah. this scene where you can see explosions on the ridge line, and there's this um, check like a tally yeah, chart is going yeah, up and down. Yeah. I quite like that. Yeah, I like it's that. Mainly too. for me, things that I like were editing choices. You know when they yeah they stylistic stuff. Yeah, stylistic stuff. So they introduce the mm. characters, and you get like a blue overlay. And it comes up with you know, Jock Lewis. You name and unit. I like that. Mm. And and at the end, when one of the French guys gets captured, it told you where and when. I quite like that because it's just enough. Yeah. It's just enough historical um, information there. Just enough. I like the map overlays too. There's a number of map overlays. They were nice. They were like little, Dad's Army esque um, with the arrows. I was about to like say that. that. Yeah, definitely. There's There was a definite Dad's Army nod, especially in episode six where they show all the different raids going off. Yeah, that was cool. Um, uh, one, one thing I, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um, definitely. Um, uh, oh, and, and and we can't forget um, PT one one six also does that really great oh, technique yeah, as well. It does. Yeah, with yeah, the, yeah. Uh, with the complete a historical map. Oh um, God, you're never gonna let that go. Are you? No, <laughs> any any excuse to just <laughs> dash that dunk on on PT one one six. It's really unfair. I know. One thing that stood out to me as well was I was really pleased with the way they handled the very first raid they they attempt the airborne raid where they try and parachute. Yeah, I I really liked how they handled um, Sterling's hubris with going ahead with the jump. Um, I thought Swindles portrayed that really well. I thought mm. it was handled quite nicely. I appreciated the the visceral uh, depiction of the absolute clusterfuck that it was. Yes. Um, with the guys being blown off course, um, striking the rear of the aircraft, people being dragged rocks. across the desert, hitting rocks painfully, um, and also that scene with um, Sterling where he has to put one of his men out of their misery um, mm-hmm. was was very was very affecting. I thought it was very. I haven't read Ben McIntyre's book. So I'm I I haven't read a great deal around the SAS. I know enough to to be going. To yeah, yeah. Know the the. This the is the thing about this series. And, and you don't aspects of it. You don't need to know a massive yeah. amount going in. Obviously, it helps, but you know I don't think we need to restrict movies and things like that. Saying, oh, we haven't read the books. So how can you possibly watch a series? I don't. I think that's. It's not. A, it's not a prerequisite. It's no. not a pre- um, prerequisite. Yeah, exactly. I don't. I, don't, um, I think it's you can definitely go into this and. Mm-hmm. It it definitely makes you want to go and dig up a bit more and like yeah. was Randolph some... Churchill really in Benghazi? Um, yeah, things like that, you know, and that kind of stuff. And and he was. Um, that raid is really interesting in the way they depict it in the series, yeah. though. Um, talk about that in a moment. I think that very well did it. That 
that scene where they depict the the complete failure of, of that mission i i was really pleased with how they attempted to convey that and show that you know while they might be rogue heroes they weren't infallible and i no. and that plays into the way that they represent all three of the main characters in those first three four episodes mm. i think they get the balance of trying to show that these men were actually really complex um yes yeah you quite well mm. i think you get it enough and and there's only so much you can do over six episodes um in and, and you've got so many men to sort of cover and this isn't a it's, it's not a banner brothersy type thing no. where everyone was being laser beamed in on it's just trying to give you that overview of people and it's hard mm. to it's hard to write the, the way people want these people to be written it's hard to do that in six episodes of a tv series where you've got to level everything out you've got to give everything enough time but not too much time because you've got to remember that this is a piece yeah. of populist media it's for the bbc sunday night crowd it is, this is a piggy blinders replacer and some things are going to get left some things are going to get turned on to a little bit more than maybe they should but at the end of the day it is a piece of media for everyone to enjoy it's it's a very nuanced conversation that we're not going to be able to answer entirely on this show, but I think it's it's I think it's good that we mention that going forward. Oh, definitely. Uh, another scene that stood out to me was the uh, the airfield mess shoot 'em up scene, mm. um, which is in the trailer. Um, Paddy, uh, they've destroyed most of the aircraft, and then Paddy decides to go into the mess. Or the, no, no, they've put. Um, Time as um, timed explosives on all the aircraft, and yep. Paddy then decides to go into the mess, and he makes the the you know the correct assumption that it's the men as well as the material that is important to to mm -hmm. take out. Yeah. Um. And three guys, I think, um, uh, Theo's there, and um, someone else, I can't remember which uh, character is. Um, might be Reg. Anyway, yeah. they're they're um. They they shoot up the um, the mess. The Germans they open the door and the Germans all they go silent. The Germans all look at them and, you, um, and they they open up and cut down the entire mess. And it is it's almost inglorious bastards like in that respect. Yeah, it reminded me a little of the bit air, of airport scene from Wild Geese. Wild Geese. I was about to say that as well. And Dark of the Sun a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just for the sheer carnage of that scene. Um, and that's when I knew that the series wasn't going to pull its punches. With no, no, with the visceral nature of of mm. uh, of and the morality of that as well, you know, like grey area. Is it a crime? Is it mm -hmm. a, is it justified? Is it they played with it just enough um, to give mm. the audience the opportunity to answer the question rather than the show doing it, which I thought that was quite good. So, I mean, final thoughts? Yeah, lots to talk about again. Oh, one thing I forgot um, in um, when we were talking about the the alley tally, um, Jenny Grant on Twitter mentioned that there's a Per Una dress which uh, Jock Lou's um, fiance is seen wearing, which is about thirty years too soon. Oh right, <laughs> I would never have known. <laughs> um, neither would I, but I thought I mentioned that because that, that tickled me. 
Um, yeah. We're all rivet counting in our own way, Rob. Yeah. Um, like, well, at least it's not like Downton Abbey where there was like electricity pylons everywhere and like <laughs> sky dishes and stuff. It wasn't that bad, you know. Um, I remember that being a thing. Or there wasn't a cup of Starbucks coffee like there was in that Game of Thrones thing. You know, everything. Or the dude was... in Gladiator that's wearing jeans. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no one's running around in a pair of Adidas Sampers in this, are they? It's not quite <laughs> that bad. Um, so I'm going to go through the things I liked first. I think I've mentioned them before. It's the editing I liked. I did like the casting. I don't think, because I remember when, when this was coming out, I remember everyone was like, oh, oh, we should get Tom Middleton. Oh, we should get Tom Hardy. Oh, Ben, Cum- ben-, ben Cumberbatch. I'm like, this is the conversation we had last week on the 100th episode of MA. All the people you would want are too old. Yeah. Mm. You know, there was a period yeah. of, of time where Tom Hardy probably would have been the spit of Paddy Mayne. Um with the right makeup yeah. and the right angle yeah. and all that, but he's too old now. Tom Hiddleston would have made a great jot loose. Yeah, probably would have, but he's too old. And you've got to yeah. cast what works now. For me, I think it was top-notch. I don't know how you would do better at the moment. And I'm glad we finally have. I mean, if, even if it's not 100% to everybody, but we finally got, after how many years after Band of Brothers, when everyone's banging on about going, I want a Second World War series with the British people in it. I want it so badly. You finally got it. Yeah. Yeah, this is it. That's that's the main crux of it, isn't it? Um, we've wanted it for so long and we get it. And now we get it. And sometimes you can wish too hard and get and you might not enjoy it. But well, I did, I really did. Yeah. Um, and hopefully more can come out of this. Who's to say that Channel 4 don't go away and try and make one now? Who's to say oh, ITV don't have a crack? Who's to say Sky don't Rogue Heroes work? Let's do it with I don't know, the RAF, or let's do it with the Navy. Yeah. Let's let's adapt the cruel sea. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you could do it. You could do like a limited run series of the cruel sea. Or let's do the ship by CS Forrester, something different. Yeah. Um, or do uh let's make Arnhem Lift into a series. Like come oh, on. Don't Rob, the- don't don't. <laughs> I can only rub my knees so hard. God. Red berries, parachute heroes, BBC, nine o'clock, Sunday nights. The material is there. There is, like, yeah. And this it, is the thing it, I I think it's some reason why people can't do it. More can come out of this, and I really hope it does. It's a thing for me. This could have been a train wreck, and I don't think it is. And no. I think, yeah, for the demographic that it's going for, it's going for that picky blinders audience. If if you can capture them, whip that up again, then you've done quite well. Yeah, but what about you? Is there anything before we go into negatives? Because I have a couple. Um, like, do you, have you got any likes? Plenty of likes. So yeah, I I was impressed by the scale. The you know that budget you mentioned earlier on, you can clearly see it on the screen. They've made yeah. every penny a bit work for them. Um, I was impressed by the the visceralness of it in scenes. The the blood from the sentries' mouths when they get stabbed yeah. in, in uh, some of the episodes that. is is a really interesting inclusion. Um, I thought the finale was really ambitious, show, showing all of those various different raids. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great. A lot of the casting was really strong. I was a bit concerned about the characterization of Maine as well, but I think that paid off really well. They showed him as a nuanced individual mm. with showing his intellect, but also his fiery anger. Um, yeah. The the introduction to him is a little bit off me. I don't know whether he would have really done all that to those MPs in a prison cell when he's introduced um, but I think they're tr- just trying to get hammer home instantly that this is a man of of raw energy Emo- and, and emotion. I think I prefer him halfway through because it tones down a little bit. 
Yes. And I think episode two and three, they do tone it down. But then in when he's training the French, mm. they tone it up a bit more. And that's where I turn off a little bit. Because I'm like, oh, this just is a bit anger for well, anger's it, sake. Yeah, they, they play on his um, his first experience of, 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 of combat fighting um, French troops, uh, Vichy French troops. Um, oh, of so course. That comes in, yeah, that yeah. comes into play a little bit there. But yeah. I, I like how he, he quotes poetry. He's shown reading a lot. He's shown mm. trying to learn the piano. He has a, a, a touching friendship with his uh, friend who joins him um, yeah. when he enters the SAS. Because that's um, the thing of like addressing what some people have been upset about the portrayal. But it, you got to remember that this is just one writer's. It, it is just one writer's like adaptation of, of or characterization mm, of a person. Yeah. So it, you know, another writer may have tackled it completely differently. So oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, please continue, Matt. Sorry for jumping in there. No, no, not at all. Um, I felt that we could have done with more Jock Lose. Um, I enjoyed Alfie Helen's portrayal of him, and I thought the balance they got of the three individuals that were probably most responsible for the formation of the SAS. I thought they, they handled that balance well, but then from episode three where, um, where Jock's killed, I felt that, I don't know. I just felt that they, they undermine the character a little bit with some of the added scenes they have with his, his fiance in like a flashback and he, he hallucinates mm-hmm. where she kind of declines his, wedding um sorry his marriage proposal um and how did they know that where did that come from i know because i'm not too sure it's not in a letter because he's died mm, <laughs> he yeah. can't write go oh when i was dying i had this really visceral um hallucination that you decline my marriage proposal yeah i get it, it that yeah. is artistic license i like to a high degree i really like alan's portrayal of jock because he was he was the the doer if you know what I mean, he was the one yeah, who's like, right, yeah. we're going to get this, we're going to get the parachutes, we're going to get this, I need men to do this, I need guys to do this. Mm-hmm. And then you had you know Paddy being Paddy, and then you had David Stone being like, oh, I want to make this unit, and it's going to be so good, and we're going to be all known throughout the land as the SAS. But then, you, yeah. but Luz was the one that was actually like driving it all. Yeah, but, but how does Paddy characterise it? The madman, the dreamer, and the... Um... I can't remember how he describes yeah, it, yeah. but the no, do, do it, it is a good ex- is the a good way of yeah. describing it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I enjoyed the way that the character was portrayed and developed, but then I felt the conclusion of his arc was a little bit underwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um can have that, yeah. Um, but yeah, I overall I enjoyed it. And I've got a few things I can criticize um if we want to move into those. Yeah, why not? Um I felt I felt the pace of the last two episodes was a bit rushed. And I know that you you had an issue with the, the way that the series truncates the timeline and a bit here with, and there. So that there was yeah. a few things that I wished could have been a little bit more explored, like the mm. like Eve Monsour's arc of getting the French into the SAS to help them. Um, yes, was over by the end of episode four, but then I think she hung around just a bit too long. But then when there's the a love interest, he has a love interest, and I was like, that's mm. fine, but. It, it wasn't a played upon enough for me. Um, I thought the off-screen death of her character was a serious disservice. A I thought Patella brought a lot to the role. Yeah. And although a lot of people have an issue um, that she was, wasn't an actual real person, yeah. person um, and didn't have a hand in the creation of the SAS, 
I mean, she she doesn't actually have a hand in the creation of the SS no. in the show. She's there to try and um, get more um, French troops into action and involved she's with plot the plot device. Trying to, she's just to yeah. get the story moving a bit more. And it stuff, is, and it adds, it adds a little bit of female representation into the show, which has zero. Um, yes, true. Um, which is needed, and I, you know, people might go, "Oh, it's unneeded, it's unnecessary." I'm like, well, it it didn't hurt the program. I think no, it didn't. They could have, they could have ended their arc sooner, which would have, I think so. Um, freed up more uh, time for other elements of the story. She could have or just gone back have... to England to help the ghoul. Yeah, like it wouldn't have, it would have been an issue. Could have given us like a brief cutscene of her on board the aircraft. Um, in turbulence, even that would have given us something. Yeah, because, something. Because the last time we see her is in the desert where she walks off, and that's it. Yeah. Just, yeah. Maybe that was a production thing. Maybe that was. A could have been. Hundred percent could have been. Um, yeah. And then this is my thing as well. Talking about Yvonne soon getting the French in. When they bring the French in, mm. I'm like, these guys were part of El, El Detachment, or they they created yes. their own French SAS. And there were other nations involved in the SAS. And, of course. Well. Yeah. So when they come in, I I, I didn't like, the, maybe it was because I've seen too many war movies at this point, I didn't like the tropey element. You can't say that, Rob. You can't <laughs> say that on, on Fighting on Film, Britain's best <laughs> war movie podcast. You can't say that. <laughs> no, no. So Paddy was like beasting them. And I've seen that in so many things. And I was just like, eh, okay. And you give them all like little character tropes, like I'm the hand grenade. You throw me where the enemy's most numerous and let me go. Like, oh, oh whatever. Yeah. Okay. I don't, it's a bit. Wasn't clean. there a blade guy? Yeah. Yeah. The, he's, a knife, he's the knife yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah. I was expect, <laughs> that was, that was a go, massive trope. This one's the hacker or something. I was expecting yeah. it to go like, you know, he's the, he's good with wireless sets or whatever. <laughs> but then they're really underused. And they only finally accept them in right at the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, and then when they finally get into action, it all goes belly up for them. But I was yes. thinking you could have just showed them as being a little bit more integral than they, because they actually were. Mm. Um, and then as, as you said about the pacing, I think the end, the, the middle of episode four after Jock's death, it really doesn't know where to go. And it was a little bit off for me. Five sort of lost it a little bit, but then six did wrap it up nicely. So I think the issue with five was they repeat a lot of the raids mm. and it it becomes a little disjointed in that I know they're trying to illustrate that they, they went to raid similar and the same airfields again and the yeah. Germans had put defences in place and stuff and made it more difficult. But uh, I thought that could have been um, handled mm. on screen a little and bit And why better. did they not... Why did they not show the what happened when they did take Randolph Churched along? Because it went a bit wrong. Yeah. So why didn't they show that? And then you could have had a nice scene where Sterling is chatting to Churchill and he'd be like, "Well, my boy didn't think you know my boy could have been killed." Blah blah blah. You could have had a nice little chat. Yeah. And Sterling I mean, could have. You could have had the Sterling. The raid was a failure, but Churchill yeah. had such an incredible experience with Sterling on the raid. Yeah. He he, he didn't care that it was a failure there could have been a nice little said, moment it was an there. amazing experience yeah. these men are doing incredible things just because been... they didn't manage to sink the ship yeah. they were trying to you know? it would have been great if that had all gone belly up and they'd have got out of it on the skin of their teeth and they go oh you're probably going to go back to your dad now and say that we're, we're not worth it and he turns around and goes oh i thought it was bloody great fun chaps like i couldn't think of anything more fun yeah, yeah. you could have had that that just was a tiny little thing there for me um yeah. and i would have I liked some people can sorry go on no 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 it's fine I, I saw some people 
questioning the need for Churchill to appear, but if he hadn't appeared, we wouldn't have had the line, just how serious is your cock and arse condition? <laughs> that was funny. But then we wouldn't have had Jason Watkins's go at Churchill, because I love it when new actors get yeah. the chance at Churchill, because it's seen as like yeah. this massive role to have. You know, I always love the every now, every three or four years we get the, oh, this person's playing Churchill. Let's go back through all the different Churchills we've ever seen. No, I do like that. <laughs> um, so we can add him onto the, the prem. We'll have to do a Premier League table of Churchills. You know, who's going to make Europe? Who's oh, going to be relegated? Right there. Yeah, it's a special. <laughs> yeah. Um, that maybe our World Cup special, <laughs> who knows? Um, and then maybe just it was another thing where it, this was just underdone for me. I would love to have just seen a bit more of Tobruk because I think that was quite yeah. well done. Yeah, um, because it's such an integral part of the yeah, whole series. They yeah. talk about make, taking the pressure off Tobruk throughout the whole thing. I know it would have been nice. They don't really talk about it falling. No. Um, a great you deal. You hear it in the background on a radio like thing. Um, yeah. in, in episode four yeah. or five, it's, it's a plot device. So I would have yeah, liked to see more. But I was yeah. impressed we saw, you know, some of the defense of it some and of um, the actual port. It was nice mm. to see some of it. That's for yeah, sure. it was exactly. It was good. It was it was represented at least. Mm. And then finally, before I'll ask a question to round out the episode, um, finally for me, uh, I just think Dominic West was a bit a bit underused. And yes, I think I agree there. get can we please have. Uh, 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 a Dudley Clark series. Can we have a Dudley Clark series <laughs> or a Dudley Clark biopic with yeah. West, please? Because yeah, he, that guy did so much. It really he, interesting. He was having fun with the role in the first two episodes, and you could see it. You know, he comes in yeah. in drag, um, and he just you know brushes it off, and you know it, it, the goings on in Cairo are interesting. Yeah, exactly. Um, and there's loads that you could you could cover. You know the his role in the creation of the SAS as a, as a phantom unit is really yeah. interesting. Um, but West is great in it for what he is, but then they kind of don't know what to do. His characterization seems to meander. So he goes from eccentric to a drunk, to not a drunk, to somewhat resentful, to bearer of bad news. Yeah. And then him and Sterling have a bit of a tiff and then you ever see him again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, that that's one yeah. of the flaws of the show for me. Um, the underuse or the misuse of of West. But then again, bit. as we say, this all could have been down to the issues they had when they filmed in Morocco. Who knows? It, it's a hard thing yeah, to say. And, and what we get of him, I enjoyed. Um, yeah, exactly. That's why I say one more because I think he was really interesting as as that character. Spin-offs already. Yo, please. Yeah, <laughs> maybe they'll do it like they. You know, when he's doing Rogue this, Heroes, and then. It's an anthology series. This week it's Dudley imagine, Clark. Imagine that, yeah. Like, um, I'm going to pitch this to Stephen Wright. I'm going to get email him right away. Get, get, him, get, get Steve Knight on the email. So before we before we round out the episode, I thought it might be fun because people have talked about a second series online mm-hmm. and what that could entail. So Hope it gets it. I, I do really hope it does. I mean, I hope it has even half the success that Peaky Blinders has had. But Matt, what would you like from a second season? So obviously at the end of the first season, Sterling is captured as he was um, in the desert. Um, and there's a lot more of his story that we could see, even though he has been captured because uh, he escaped from the German capture and then was recaptured by Italians. And then he was sent to Colditz. So it will be really interesting to see a little bit of Sterling's story told alongside what's happening with the rest of the regiment 
in perhaps the Aegean, um, uh, in Greece uh, and, and, and around there in season two. I think that'd be a really good, it doesn't have to be throughout the whole series. It can be just a, a few episodes uh, shows his time in Colditz. Um, but maybe that'd be too much of a stretch. I don't know. Or maybe it's what they've got in mind. Um, yeah. I, I think it'd be what a shame not to see. Yeah, I'm pretty much the same. I think it'd be a shame not to see Swindles again in the role. Mm. Um, because he clearly, you know, gave his all to it. Um, yeah. and I think, yeah, so as you said, I think you should have him in Colditz or him getting to Colditz at least. Mm-hmm. Book, you know, end his little his arc with him going into Colditz, maybe, you know, have a bit of dramatic license with him escaping and being recaptured. Yeah. You could drag that out for a couple of episodes, surely. Um, and then and then on the flip side, where you get your action element of it and the SAS element of it, where you show Paddy Main coming to be the major. And yeah. maybe that's where you get the dip the the character change, perhaps. You know, he's still this absolute, you know, mad lad for want of a better word. You know, he can go and, and, and duff yeah. people up and he's a he's a brave, heroic hero. But then he's also this nuanced leader who's got to really think about the men under his command now he has a lot more responsibility so there is a lot you could explore there with Maine you can, and I think possibly that is I think Jack O'Connell can carry this on his own I think Swindles can carry this on his own but I think they're the two guys that you bring yes. in yes um, yes you know and I don't know do you bring in another name do you create a guy who comes in and he's he's another named actor it's it's interesting to see where they go I think maybe it will you, be interesting you follow Maine into Sicily and Italy and show that area of it. Got, I mean, they got to. I mean, season three is Northwest Europe, including the release of Swindles from the Colditz. And That'd be cool. Yeah. Where Paddy Maine um, in Belgium as a colonel. And there's a couple of chaps in there that do go straight through to the end of the war. So there you've got constant characters who we can learn more about and yeah. develop upon. Um, and yeah, I mean, hope, and then maybe as you said, season three, Northwest Europe. And if we're really lucky, if we're incredibly lucky, we might get an Iranian embassy siege series. <laughs> and yeah. then we you know, do three episodes on the embassy siege and they do three episodes on the Pebble Island raid in 1982. Because if you think the editing is fun now, you could have so much fun with that sort of SAS hero worship that you get after the embassy siege. So much could be done there. Yeah, it, it, it's it's got legs, and I hope they let Shankers and Knight just run a really dramatic shot of the lads yeah. on the balcony to David Bowie's Heroes. <laughs> that would be fun. <laughs> yeah, there's so much you could do, Matt. It's you know, hit us up if it, Stephen, if if you need some help with devising these, not probably that you do <laughs> at all, but yeah, we're, we're always here. Um, we're always here at Fof HQ. So I mean, hopefully, hopefully you enjoyed SAS Rogue Heroes as much as we did. Hopefully you're looking forward to a second season. Um, And I know that we are, but we are talking to, at the end of this week, it will go out in a couple of weeks' time, we are talking to an independent filmmaker called Toby Keaton, um, who has created some really good uh, war movie shorts and uh, worked on uh, the Wolves of War film that we covered a few months ago. So we'll be interviewing him about his career in film and what it takes to create these these uh, independent war films in this in, in 2022 so i think that'll be a really interesting discussion it will be we'll catch you next week folks thanks for listening thanks for listening everyone bye bye even 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.